Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. Here we will talk about doctrine and theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to respond and face these issues. Get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready to have your tables flipped. As a friend just told me recently, Table Flippers is flipping awesome. Yeah, well, on one hand, it's a very sad day, very, 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 very sad day, very somber day, very sobering day, and yet on the other hand, it's a very exciting day. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is your host of Table Flippers Podcast, Robert Dinas, Apostle of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California, and I want to share with you some things that, um, well, on one hand, is exciting, um, something that for me personally is exciting that I can have something to look forward to and really watch with baited anticipation of what's coming. But on the other hand is, well, very sad and very sobering. So somber in that sense. And if you've been around in the church world, as long as I have, or just in the church world, you you have probably heard of uh, Dr. and Pastor Jack Hayford of Church on the Way here in Van Nuys, California. Well, we just got the news that yesterday he had passed away. He was 88 years old, but he had passed away. He was a pillar and an icon in the body of Christ, the modern body of Christ. And uh, it was very, very sad for uh, for all of us. Um, for me, it was sad because now I'd only met Pastor Jack a few times we'd met. So to say I knew him, I, didn't, I knew him, but I didn't know him really intimately, I should say. Uh, but I, I did meet him phenomenal man but I was certainly ministered to by him the first Bible college that I went to was King's Institute at his church there in um, Van Nuys California many many years ago now that has become King's College and Seminary in Texas at Robert Morrison's church they came together and moved it there when they were able to get it fully credited as a college and seminary I was there just when it was barely launching. It was still fantastic. It was some of the best education, Christian education, I ever received. Anyways, nonetheless, so I have um, been ministered to directly by Pastor Jack in many ways and at many times. Been over to his church, or what was his church, is still there, but what he founded there in Van Nuys, the church on the way, I've been there many times for many things. We were there again for Bible college. We were there, uh, when I say we, my wife and I and those, even people of my church, when I started my church, we were part of Cleansing Stream, and it was held there at Church on the Way. And uh, at least twice a year we were there for one reason or another. We were there one year as when I was a young associate pastor. We were there, we were invited, pastors and associate pastors of the Foursquare denomination. Locally, we were invited to his church for a Christmas party. It was spectacular. They did a phenomenal job. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. So all of my memories of Pastor Jack and Church on the Way are, are spectacular. Now, you see, I can be very, very hard and very harsh on pastors and fivefold leaders in the body of Christ that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. I can, I, I mean, I can rip them up. Okay, so anything negative that you hear coming out of my mouth or on these podcasts or anything negative about leaders in the body of Christ today, it wouldn't necessarily be Pastor Jack. Any problems that I might have 
had with Pastor Jack are so minimal and so small, they're not even worth mentioning. And honestly, the only reason I'm not mentioning it is because I can't even think of any. He was just a spectacular, fantastic, awesome man of God. A great teacher, a great revelator, and um, just, again, an all-around spectacular man of God. And he was a pillar, not just in his church or in his denomination. He was a pillar in the church of Jesus Christ worldwide. Many people around the globe, many churches, many pastors, many leaders, and, and just Christians in general owe a great deal of gratitude to Pastor Jack, to God, but for what God did through Pastor Jack. So to Pastor Jack and to what God did through Pastor Jack, I know I do. I would not have been able to go to Bible college, the you know, the first Bible college I attended and that initial education if it wasn't for Pastor Jack and what he was able to accomplish. And um, so anyways, this is just a spectacular thing. Uh, uh, knowing him, it was a spectacular thing. It was a spectacular man. And now the body of Christ has this void. You know, Pastor Jack is no longer with us. And although he had given up most all of his uh, ministry assignments to other people because he was getting old. Uh, his wife a few years ago passed away and quite frankly I expected Pastor Jack to pass away um, <clears throat> shortly after his wife did. Not for any other reason but because again what I knew of him and what I knew of his wife they were very close, they loved one another, they cared for one another and I you know in, in situations like that often the, the spouse that's alive passes due to loneliness and heartbreak at the, the one that they just lost. But he was here with us for a few more years. He did some really great things. Uh, again, in that time, um, that span of time, and he did some phenomenal things in his life and in his ministry. Now, I want to stop for just a moment in that regard. I want to get back to Pastor Jack in just a moment, but I want to tell you something that happened at the church, our church, Greater Works, yesterday. Okay, so Saturday I was preparing my notes and such for my sermon Sunday. And as I was preparing and I was just typing up some notes and going over some things, I have, and it's a little box, I'm looking at it right now on my notes, on my page with my notes on it, and it says Pro prophetic note. Because as I was working this out, it's just God, God dropped something in my spirit. I typed it in, and then I went on with the rest of my study. And I just assumed, which he did, but I assumed that as I read this in front of everybody, or to everybody yesterday, that God would just pick up from there and, and give me more, which he, he did. That's I trust God to do that. So I'm going to just read what I wrote and then expound on it. It says, prophetic note, there is going to be several sudden deaths of people in high places that will shock the nation and this community. As when Rush Limbaugh or President Reagan passed, many will be saddened, some will rejoice, but nonetheless it will cause most to stop and ask, now what? For it will cause things to come to a halt. We must be prepared for these things. We must pray that we know what to do and how to get things done in the wake of these deaths. Though most everyone around us will stop and become non-productive during this time, we must be ready to launch forward. Now again, I, I wrote that on Saturday, read that Sunday morning, and then it was Sunday afternoon after church while we were sitting at lunch. 
my wife was flipping through something or something came up on her phone and she says, oh my gosh, Pastor Jack died. And uh, she goes, you just prophesied that. Now, I had n- was not thinking of Pastor Jack or anybody in particular when I wrote that. It was just something that dropped in my spirit. But God was preparing me so that I can prepare at least my congregation. And I'm hoping to prepare you because I don't believe this is the only one. And I don't believe it's only this body of Christ. I believe some very important people are going to be leaving us. And uh, whether you like them or not, still, they hold key position and... Everything that I wrote there is exactly right. When these types of things happen, it brings things to a halt, to a stop. And people are scratching their head and wondering. Their security, for one reason or another, or one way or another, leaves them. And while they're in that pause, in that moment, they often are asking the question, now what? What do we do with this? What? Who's going to replace them? Who's going to be that voice? Who's going to be that one? Some will rejoice, and I'm not saying anybody's rejoicing that Pastor Jack died. Please don't misunderstand me. But if you see a political figure that leaves us, and you have the opposition that don't like that person, they're going to rejoice. Oh, finally, that nut's out of here. I saw that with Rush Limbaugh, who was a, a radio commentator and very conservative. Many people loved him, but a lot of people hated him. When he passed, the people that supported him and loved him, the conservatives, they were grieving. They were grieving. It's as if they they lost a close friend. But the people that didn't agree with him, the opposition, the liberals, I still see every now and then some, some uh, heartless, heartless person put on social media, you know, how they're so happy that Rush Limbaugh died. Why didn't he die sooner? Why didn't he die a worse death? You know, things of that nature. You know, so nonetheless, but nonetheless, people are still asking, what do we do now? So in light of Pastor Jack, well, what do we do now? What will you do now? And the reason this was important for me and for my church, at least, uh, in the sermon I was given, is because what I started I expounded on this by saying, listen, there's some, and again, I didn't know Pastor Jack would be passing away, and I don't even know the exact time frame, but I wrote this originally Saturday, preaching it on Sunday. He, I got the word that he died uh, Sunday. Uh, I assume it was yesterday, Sunday. Anyways, I started naming some older ministers in the body of Christ, some, you know, uh, some people like, again, I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. In no way am I trying to write these people off. In no way am I trying to say we need to get rid of them. Not at all. I don't know why, but there's always going to be that person that reads into something that I say. I'll give an example. I did a podcast on the effeminate church. And that means many churches, most churches actually, are designed for women, by women, but for women. And everything about the services, everything about the decorations, everything is feminized, okay? And then people scratch their head and wonder why 70% of church attendance is female and only 30% male. Well, when there's nothing in the building that speaks to true masculinity, of course, the men are not going to feel comfortable and invited. So anyways, I basically went that route. I wasn't putting down women at all, but I had some, some lady, a Karen, of course, you know, oh, so you're saying that women destroy everything they touch. I'm like, well, I never said that. I never said that at all. But uh, <laughs> anyways, my point is there's going to be people that hear one, you know, they hear me say something, 
but they perceive something completely different. You know, Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and he can twist words when from the time it leaves one person's mouth to gets to somebody's ear, that could be twisted. And don't let the devil do that to you. I'm just naming these names not for any other reason to make the point that they've been around for quite a while and they won't be around forever. That's the only reason. But we have some phenomenal ministers in the body of Christ that are getting older. As Pastor Jack was, he was 88 years old. I have a, 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 a pastor here in town that I know who was a very close friend of Pastor Jack, and this guy is in his upper 80s as well. You know, so they've just been around a long time. So anyways, we have people such as Marilyn Hickey. We have people such as Joyce Meyer. And I can go through the list of them. We got A.L. Gill and his wife. And, uh, oh, now some names slipped my mind. I was thinking of them yesterday. But it doesn't matter. You get the point. They're, they've been around a long time. They did a phenomenal job. They've been doing a phenomenal job, are doing a phenomenal job. We got uh, a Dr. Bill Hammond, who is the head of the organization that I'm part of, CI, Christian International. And again, I can go through it. We have politicians, government officials that are up there in age. Again, whether you like these guys or not, but, you know, our president, President Biden, he's not a young man. And it shows every time he gets in front of a camera. Many of the Congress, um, Senate, assemble all of these guys, a lot of them are just older. Again, you don't have to like them. They're just or. Maybe you do like them. But my point is, they're not going to be around for very much longer, many of them. So the, the question that I had for my congregation is, who in here, who in here is going to take their position? If, if one of our very well-known, very anointed, very godly um, pastors or church leaders passed away, and this is what I asked, passed away, who would take their position? See, you... Often we assume that they are raising up or there's somebody ready to step in, but that's not always the case. That is not always the case. God sometimes has other plans. So it, you know, it doesn't matter who takes over their ministry in the sense of their 501c3, their ministry, their building their church. That, that, that's a whole nother story. Who's going to take over that overall ministry? Who's going to carry that mantle? In other words, if that person was an Elijah, who's going to be the Elisha that picks up the mantle? You know, in the story of Elijah and Elisha, it's it's interesting because uh, Elijah and Eli uh, brings Elisha to a, a city and says, stay here because I'm going on. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going with you. No matter where you're going, I'm going with you. And it says the sons of the prophet in that region come to Elisha and say, hey, don't you know God's going to take your master away from you? Yes, I know this. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. Shut up. Don't bother me with that. So they get to the next city and Elijah says to Elisha, stay here. I must go on. No, 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 no. I'm going with you no matter what. And the sons of the prophets there, hey, don't you know God's taking your master from you? Knock it off. Shut up. I know. And I believe this happened three times. Then finally they're at Jericho or at the river there. And and finally, Elijah asks Elisha, what shall I do for you when I go? Give me a double portion. Give me a double portion of your anointing of what's on you. It's a hard thing, but if you see me when I go, it's yours. Now, there's a reason why he said, if you see me, it's not just if you catch a glimpse of me being caught up in this whirlwind. And you guys know the story, or I hope you know the story. 
God sends a chariot of fire. So basically an angel riding a chariot, it's on fire because of the glory. And that doesn't catch up Elijah, a whirlwind does. That separates Elijah and Elisha because Elisha stayed so close to Elijah. And then once separated, the world can, can, could come down, pick up Elijah and carry him up into heaven. And the reason Elijah says, if you see me when I go, wasn't, you know, all of that playing out. It was because as Elijah was being caught up into that whirlwind, he drops his mantle. Now, a mantle in those days was basically just an outer covering in the natural, but it represented who they were, and it represented the anointing and the calling on their life. So he, he, he quickly takes it off and drops it. And the reason Elisha had to see Elijah, he had to see what Elijah was doing so that when that mantle hit the ground, Elisha knew to go over and pick it up. So I want to ask you this question. Wh who's going to take? Are you in the position to take the to take the position of someone great that might be leaving us soon? Whether it be um, someone in ministry, it might be somebody in politics, it might be a, a, a businessman, it, it some type of leader in education. None of that, I mean, it, it's not just about church leadership. It's about leadership in general that people that are of in, have great influence that keep the world moving in a certain way, hopefully righteousness. But are you in the position? If not, get in that position. Prepare yourself. Start to seek God. See, because the question I have is, now who really, really is taking Pastor Jack's place? He already found somebody that pastor his church that's pastoring his church and things of that nature. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But who is going to be that voice of wisdom in the body of Christ that when, because when Pastor Jack would speak, everybody would listen. He carried that kind of influence. He was a very humble man, but a very powerful man in that, very wise man. Who's going to fill those shoes? Who's going to be the voice of reason and the voice of wisdom for the overall body of Christ? Not just one denomination, not just one church, but the overall body of Christ. Who's going to take that position? Now, I know many people say, oh, that's going to be me. That's got to be me. No, no, no. It's somebody that God chooses. But God's going to choose somebody that is prepared and has prepared themselves for that position. You see, because in the story of Elisha and Elijah, there are many sons of prophet, the sons of the prophets, those were people that Elijah and other prophets were training up in the prophetic. But when it came down to that time for Elijah to be carried away in that whirlwind, the sons of the prophets were there, but they were standing at a distance, looking at this from a distance, maybe from a hilltop. The only one that was chosen to carry the mantle was the one that was right where Elijah was, and that was Elisha. In other words, Elisha had positioned himself. He didn't even know what was coming. He didn't even fully know what was going to happen. But he was positioned. He had positioned himself that no matter what happened, he would be in the proper place at the proper time to receive the fullness of what God had for him. Now, the other prophets, they prophesied. They were very accurate, but they stood at a distance. They would never have been able to make it to the mantle of Elijah before Elisha did. Because Elisha took what? three, four, maybe 10 steps to get to it, they would have to run from their hilltop, watching at a distance. So are you watching at a distance or are you walking with the men and women of God that have a, a true anointing and are doing truly great things? <clears throat> now, I want to 
get back a little bit to Dr. Jack Hayford. It says here, I just looked up some things on him. He was born in um, June 25th, 1934, and he passed away January 8th, 2023, yesterday. So whenever you listen to this, it was yesterday from the time I recorded this. And he was the... Um, senior pastor of Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. He was widely known for his involvement in the Promise Keepers movement. Many of you men remember that a few years ago. And he was a prolific author and songwriter. A lot of people don't realize that Pastor Jack was a tremendous songwriter. And he is widely known, uh, I'm sorry, uh, he has over 600 hymns and choruses in his catalog. 600. He's the author of the popular 1978 hymn, Majesty. Many of you remember that song, Majesty. And probably some of you still sing it, especially if you're of the Foursquare denomination or or maybe Assembly of Gods, another Pentecostal denomination. Uh, that hymn was written by Pastor Jack, Majesty. It's rated one of the top 100 contemporary hymns and performed and sung in churches literally worldwide. I think that's spectacular. A little bit more on him. He wrote many, many books. And although the list I'm looking at has several books uh, that I know Pastor Jack wrote, I don't think this is all of them. So, but I just want to read some of these because some of these, uh, many of these I've read, and um, at least the ones I read were spectacular. They're the they're the type of books that, when read, understood, and applied, they change your life. And uh, the first book that's in this list is The Key to Everything, which I highly suggest. I read that many years ago. Great book, The Key to Everything. Uh, the second book, The Church on the Way. Again, this was another one that I, I read many years ago. Great book. Moments with Majesty, Kingdom Warfare, Prayer, Spiritual Warfare, and the Ministry of Angels. I haven't read that one, but that sounds great. The Power of Blessing. I read that one. Great book. Glory on Your Household. Another great book. The Beauty of Spiritual Language. The Heart of Praise. Hayford's Bible Handbook. Now, that is spectacular. It's a, a type of commentary on the things in the Bible. Hayford's Bible Handbook. Get get it, please. You'll love it. And Rebuilding the Real You. That's a fantastic book as well. And it talks about just that. Rebuilding the true you. Who you really are in the image of God. Rebuilding that. Because I know we can quote the scriptures and I know we can say those things, but we don't always live it because of brokenness and hurt within us often. And this book will help you to do just that. Rebuild the real you. So I highly suggest it. Now again, back to this. Dr. Jack founded a phenomenal church, Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. It was by, you know, uh, uh, I guess they can call it mega church status. I mean, it was several thousand people. It grew to several thousand people. He started his own Bible college and seminary, the King's um, College, the King's College and Seminary, the King's Institute. He wrote at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten books, at least ten books. I believe there was more, but at least ten books, probably some teaching manuals and such. He wrote over 600 songs. This man was brilliant. This man was terrific. Great man. Great minister. Highly anointed. And... He's leaving a void in the body of Christ. Who's going to fill it? Now, you can find somebody to fill the void to pastor the church. You can find somebody to fill the void to be the president or whatever they call him of the uh, college, which he has. It's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about who's going to fill that void with the anointing that can produce, you know, in the neighborhood of 600 songs, not just to write songs, but that can really worship the Lord and bring other people into the worship of the Lord. Who's got that anointing? Who's got the anointing to to write out at least 10 books in their lifetime that are going to be world-changing, life-changing books? Who's got it in them to maybe start, maybe not another Bible school, but something of that nature that can literally affect people around the globe? Who's going to do that? It would be my hope that you and myself and the people listening to this would rise up and say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Teach me. Train me. Send me. Do whatever you need to do in me to fulfill that and fill those shoes to take up that mantle or one similar to it. I'm not saying that you're going to go pick up Pastor Jack's mantle. That's not what I'm saying. You might be completely mantleless in the sense of taking somebody else's and you're going to have to build your own and grow your own and grow in that. Maybe you're going to have to do that. Many people will. But don't stop. Keep pressing forward. Build it up. You've got what it takes. And, and again, well, I'm not called to ministry. That's okay. Like I said, what about government? What about politics? What about business? What about education outside of church education? Do you have what it takes to be the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company? You might say, well, no. Well, then go get it. There was a time that Elon Musk didn't have it, but something happened and it's usually because he just put his mind and his heart to it that he developed it. And we can go through this through the list. Uh, Bill Gates, again, whether you like him or not, that dude's a billionaire and he built it himself. Steve Jobs, again, whether you liked he's he's passed away as well, but whether you liked him or not, that's not the point. The point is he was a billionaire. He created something and he created something even within himself to be able to be at the head of a multi-billion dollar company. If you're not there, do what it takes. Pray about it. Seek God's face. Get the schooling that you need. Start hanging around people that have a lot more than you do. Find good leaders and learn from them and submit yourself to them. I read a story of a, a, of a guy that wanted to grow in his leadership abilities. So what he would do is he would um, find these people that he considered to be great leaders. <clears throat> Didn't matter in what um, avenue they were had their leadership in. But if they, if he considered them great leaders, he would call him and say, "Listen, I, I, just give me a half an hour. Give me an hour. Give me a half an hour. I'll even pay you for it." So the story goes that he would often pay these guys, and he didn't have a lot of money at that time. So a hundred dollars is sometimes all he can come up with to spend a half an hour picking these guys' brain. And if these people were out of state, what he would do is he would um, establish their family vacations in and around where these people uh, were. So let's say he lived, I don't know where he lived, just assume he lived in California and the leader that he wanted to speak to was in New York. He didn't have a lot of money to just pick up and travel there by himself, spend a few days and then travel back. So he used his family vacation time. Hey, kids, guess where we're gonna spend our vacation this year? Where? New York or in that area. And I've got about, an hour, hour and a half that I have to take out of one of my days so I can go sit down with this leader, give him a hundred bucks, pick his brain for 45 minutes, write down some notes, and then I can get back to my vacation. Now, whether you think that's a great idea or a bad idea, I personally think it's a spectacular idea 
idea for somebody that is that hungry for what that person has. He was willing to put his money where his mouth was, so to speak. Not just say, sit back and complain. I don't have anybody in my life. He went and paid these people to glean and to get what they had. Now, I'm not saying you should do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But if you have no other way to grow in your leadership capabilities and abilities than to find them, set up a meeting, and pay them $100, then do it. Do it. That's a $100 investment into you, into you, and into your future, and into fulfilling the call of God on your life. And that, again, if you know you're called to politics, you're called to be a government official, an elected official, but you don't know the first thing about it, call your local, maybe at your city council or state assembly and ask them, hey, I I want a uh, half an hour of your time. I want an hour of your time. And you go in there and you ask very pointed questions. Don't waste their time. Ask very pointed questions and grow and grow. I did this um, a few years ago with several pastors that I thought were doing really good things in their church. Grow, not growing, but I thought, you know, healthy grow, what I felt was healthy growth, not just growth because they have some kind of weird program going but really, truly healthy, anointed growth. Hey, can I spend an hour with you? Can I sit down and I'll take you to lunch? It's on me. <laughs> and I would just ask him questions. I'd say, what's going on with you? What are you guys doing? How are you doing it? What did you do to get to this point? What did you pray? How long did you pray? Whatever it takes, whatever it took for you, teach me. And I walked away with some great wisdom from these guys. Great wisdom. And it was well worth that lunch bill. It was well worth me driving an hour or an hour and a half and spending another hour, hour and a half, and picking up the bill. It was well worth it, because I learned from them, and I gleaned some things from them. So my point is, listen, back to the word that I gave. Pastor Jack wasn't the only one, or isn't going to be the only one. It's heartbreaking. I don't even like to think about this. I don't even like to go here. It's very heartbreaking. But nonetheless, it's something we've got to be prepared for. I don't like it, but part of life is, well, death not only of ourselves, but those around us. And we have to be ready to pick up where they left off. Get yourself ready because more is going to come. More is going to happen. And we need to be ready for it. And I, I'm grieved even saying this because like I said, Pastor Jack always held a special place in my own heart. I'm grieved over this, but I can't let my grief stop me from picking up the mantle that God has for me and running with it and doing. And, and I pray that the end of I can end my life accomplishing some of the great things, or at least on the same level as Pastor Jack. I'm not in competition with him, but I am looking at him and saying, you know what? He blazed the trail. I'm going to follow. He, he wrote books. I'm going to write some books. I'm not much of a musician, so I don't really feel the need to write music, but he trained, he built up, he um, had educational centers. I think I'm going to do those things as well. What about you? What are you going to do? Who are you following after? What mantle are you going to pick up or create for yourself? Go out and do something spectacular because you are spectacular. Now put that into action and be something great. I hope you go and check out our merchandise page. We have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I just got in my own hat. And I've been wearing it, and I've been getting a lot of compliments on it. It's a fantastic hat. My daughter designed all of these. But we have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. And if you go to tableflippers.com, that's tableflippers.com, and use FREEDOM as your promo code, you'll get a discount. 
fantastic stuff, beautiful stuff, and it'll help me, it'll help you. And together, we'll be flipping awesome. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers Podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Please look us up on the web at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Or you can email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Please let us know how we're doing. Keep all those comments coming. Until next time, you all have a great and a blessed day. Mm